So, Wolfie, uh, we received some feedback on the pod. Really? What was uh, what was that? Yeah, we people thought a cold open would be fun, so here we are. Uh, so check. And they also thought that I kind of cut you off with the musical transitions last week. I mean, now that you mention it. What's up, football fans? Welcome to Role Models, the number one fantasy football podcast for the unvaxxed players only league. I'm your host, Chip Sitterfield, joined by the guy stockpiling sophomore players, Brian Wolf. How's it going, everybody? Uh, actually, what you just mentioned before, the stockpiling of sophomore players, it had me really think and look at my uh, lineups. It's not so much in this league, but in my other league uh, that I have for work. I just looked at my bench, and five out of the seven people are all sophomore players. So maybe one could say I'm leaning into that narrative a little too much. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good to have self-reflection after week one. Uh, speaking of mm-hmm. that, in this episode, we will do news from the league and week one overreactions, baby. Ah, uh, nothing better. And then also, a little, little shameless plug, we were both 500 for our... Uh, overreactions last year so yeah you, we did. some could say that we're pretty good yeah we looked back and we made some good calls were they all good no all right we admit that but uh, you know 500 is a pretty good batting average yeah i'll take that And now, some news from the league. Waivers ran. Uh, Wolfie, what do, you, what do you got on the waivers? Well, uh, Mr. Uh, Big Spender over here, Chip won Elijah Mitchell with, God, what was it, like a 14 or $15 bid or something like that? It was 12 but everyone can suck it. I thought long and hard about uh, putting some money on him. I just, I don't know. I put money on Jermichael Hasty last year, like 20 fab, and he absolutely fucked me over so like i i don't know i'm a little salty with uh with the 49ers right now especially after iuk's uh goose week one yeah i get that i get that moving on the commissioner uh got mark ingram for the same bid as somebody else that seems that seems pretty sketchy bud i chuckled a little bit when i saw that especially since it was peter of all people but i also noticed that peter did not make him his first on the priority list so uh Mark Ingram was my uh, one and only this week, and thankfully I got him. Yeah, yeah, you kind of spent up too, 11-5 on that one. Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit too much, but I don't know. Peter last year beat me up by one fab one time, so I always figured round up at this point. Yeah, might as well. And then Chip, you know, you overpaid a little bit as well on Mr. Quintez Cephas. Three fab against no one. Yeah, I figured somebody else would bid against him. He had a lot of targets in week one, um, so I'm I'm interested to see how he does this season. Yeah, I mean, Detroit didn't look all that bad. I mean, yeah, it was the 49ers, but like they put up a decent comeback, even though the 49ers defense kind of literally broke apart from injuries per usual. Yeah, and Pretty Boy can be like a decent quarterback when he's not, um, you know, falling apart. Yeah. 
so moving on, Peter wanted a piece of the Saints offense, which after their showing against Green Bay is very fair. Uh, and he went in on the guy who got all of his points on one play, which is an interesting take. I know uh, he kind of blew up, but it was a 50-yard touchdown catch, and he only had two two receptions. So I don't know that that's really what I would put my money on. Yeah, it sounds like a like a Robbie Anderson light kind of situation right there. Yeah, exactly. And then go off of something else that's you know not too exciting. Some defenses were picked, but whatever. We'll skip over that. That's nothing. Nothing new. Nothing exciting there. Yeah, that's nothing. Andrew wasn't impressed with Elijah Moore after his first NFL game and dropped his ass right away. Goodbye, I guess. Who does he play for? The Giants? No, he's a Jet. Oh, he's a Jet. Eh, one of the New York teams. Either way, both are irrelevant, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's uh, not a take that I disagree with. Speaking of wide receivers, Chris cannot decide on which Arizona wideout he wants and dropped the old man, A.J. Green for mm. christian kirk what do you think about that uh i mean christian kirk looked good and he had his moments last year i don't think he's gonna be a bust but i think he might be a little harder to uh predict than than aj green but i mean some points over no points i guess i'll take it yeah yeah i get that chris thank you for taking aj green away from me in the draft uh, yep Peter wanted more running backs that are unstartable to clog up his bench spots, so he added Carlos Hyde, who is now on Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely. Do not want to put any more money into Jacksonville players. I already have Marvin Jones. He got that garbage time touchdown, which saved his week. Yeah, they are... Oh, oh boy. Trevor Lawrence is uh, going to have a rough awakening here, especially at the hands of Houston. Like, damn, they're not even good. Yeah, yeah, it was... It was pretty laughable there will be some fantasy relevant parts out of jacksonville but i don't know that trevor lawrence will ever be one of those things um so moving on uh speaking of jacksonville and aj's hero urban meyer um aj maybe made the most interesting move in my opinion of the week by adding van jefferson again a Second-year wide receiver. We love sophomores. He didn't do much last year, but he capitalized on his three targets in week one. Uh, what do you think about this move? Yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, he. I'm kind of surprised that no one put any fab on him. He just kind of picked him off the waivers for zero fab spent. So, you know, he got him on the cheap if nothing turns out from it. But, yeah, he's a third, maybe fourth on the pecking order if you consider Cup, Woods, and... Um, and Higby in front of him. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it, where it comes from. I think if one of those guys goes down, it's a big brain move. But for now, it's just interesting. Uh, I, he reminds me of Hollywood Brown. So we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Moving along with receivers again. You don't want Jacoby Myers, even though he saw nine targets in week one. Care to explain? Uh, yeah. So as you said last year, he just about played every snap of every game and he was somewhat relevant last year granted that was cam newton who's now not on a team anymore but i don't know um i already have nelson aguilar i kind of trust him more than jacoby myers and i just really didn't feel like rostering two new england wide receivers at the same time i can only if i play both of them only one's going to score a touchdown at a time so i figured to you know 
distribute the wealth a little bit. Yeah, I don't mind that. I might put in a small bid on him, depending on where I'm feeling uh, with my wide receivers. So probably could have maybe traded him to me uh, for something interesting, but not anymore. He's on the waivers, so, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. no one else gets him. Tony uh, <laughs> check, did his uh, once-a-week check-in on the league and picked up Zach Pascal after week one. He did great. Week one, the Colts threw a lot to the running back, though, more than any other team, and around 50% of the passes, which is actually a wild stat for the NFL. But um, it's, you know, it's looking good over there in Colt land. Uh, what do you think about Pascal? Um, Yeah, Pascal, honestly, like he, he looked really, really good week one. Um, the Colts, despite losing, still put up a good show, like, I think uh, Carson Wentz will do all right there. They have a good old line, so it's kind of hard to not do well. But, yeah, um, I guess we'll see. And, you know, hopefully it's not a, a case of being a homer in this situation. Yeah, here's hoping. Being a homer paid off for me, though, so maybe it'll pay off for him. Moving on to other notes, uh, we, you and I discussed uh, moving waivers to Tuesday, maybe, so they would run at about noon on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that gives people less time to get their stuff in, but it gives you more time to figure out your roster before Thursday. And it, and quite honestly, it gives us more time to figure out the pod in a timely fashion. So mm-hmm. we wanted to bring it up here and see what people thought. Um, I think you'll be sending out some sort of communique uh, either on the app or in the chat. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll be putting it to vote. I mean, in all honesty, it doesn't really mess up anything other than just giving you a little less time. But um, like Chip said, it helps you get your ducks in a row a little earlier and, yeah, gives us a little more content to to talk on. For sure, for sure. And then I will get on my soapbox and get right off in a minute here. But it seems like uh, nothing has changed from last year reason i say that is because i lost to the highest scoring team as the second highest scoring team again so really nothing new from last year business as usual for my team just always just being right there at the uh at the threshold of victory and just having it snatched away from me but you know at least i get the moral victory i suppose of saying i bring out the best in people but fortunately moral victories don't actually get me points in fantasy so yeah a little a little salty about that yeah, dude, starting week one, 0-1, oh, uh, definitely sucks. Uh, I wouldn't know, you know what I mean? But I can imagine uh, it sucks, so. so. Yeah. It uh, hits you right in the nads. And now for our weekly bit, we are going to do week one overreactions. I will start us off and just say Jacksonville sucks, dude. There, it was that game was hard to watch uh, for a lot of reasons, but they didn't. They made Houston look good, and they're starting Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Yeah, it is. It is going to be some tough sledding, both for Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Like, yeah, they look bad. I mean, just to give all of you people some perspective here, Houston, who absolutely trounced Jacksonville, is a 12-point underdog to the Browns this week. So 
if that gives you any indication of how bad they are. That's that's it right there. Yeah, that's some good context. Also, I forgot about this piece of feedback, but somebody who gave feedback, and everyone's welcome to give feedback, always looking for it. Somebody liked uh, the phrase tough sledding, so um, mm. they like that as a catchphrase for you. Just keep that in the back of your, back of your mind. All right, we'll, uh, we'll keep it there then. All right, so for my first overreaction, God, the 49ers. Talk about another team that just can't get off the injury train right now. They uh, lost Mostert again, and this time it's season long for, I think, a knee injury or something like that. And I think they also lost a corner or a safety or something like that. I don't know. They There's an injury bug there that doesn't seem to be really leaving them anytime soon. And, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, man, like Mostert has been great when he's in, but I feel like at this point he's just a perennial bus candidate just with how frequently he gets hurt and how long his injuries take to recover from. Yeah, it sucks because he is talented. Uh, you can see the explosiveness if you watch. He only played like two snaps this year before getting yeah. hurt and ending his season, which is absolutely devastating. Um, but, yeah, it's it's them and the Eagles. It, there just seems to be some teams that cannot stay healthy for the life of them. Mm-hmm. Moving to my second week one of a reaction the Browns, not that they're good, but without OBJ, they're more fun to watch, dude. Yeah, uh, being a resident Browns fan, it's it's refreshing to see Baker want to spread it out and make other people look good. Like I don't know if you watched any of the game, but Anthony Schwartz, that rookie that we picked yeah, up, yeah, he looked he, he looked good, dude. Yeah, like four for eighty or something like that. Like it'll be interesting. So. Yeah. I, another what? takeaway I had from that game was uh, David Njoku. I thought he he's coming off an injury, if I remember that correctly, from last year. But he looked great, I thought. Um, there's a few plays where he was hard to take down, and he fought for yards, and I thought he looked good. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think, as much as I hate to say it, since we spent so much draft capital on him, we are better off without him, at least for now. Until he can prove to me that Baker has eyes for other people when he's on the field, I I don't know. I kind of agree with Kevin Stefanski's plan of just really easing him in slowly because it has seemed to work so far. And that's OBJ. Yes, that's OBJ. Gotcha. Going on to my next point, uh, the, the rookie wide receivers. They uh, may not be as talented as the ones from last year but man i think waddle and chase are kind of onto something and although they are rookies and usually don't pan out to be season-long uh value they seem to like they're doing pretty well i mean i really got on jamar chase's case and uh he shut me right up week one and got some touchdowns and over 100 yards and waddle also looked good out there too so i don't know i think they're gonna do well whereas the rookie quarterbacks oh boy they have, a, they have a ways to go, especially uh, Mr. Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I agree. I, the Jamar Chase touchdown dance was just for you on your grave. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you on the rookies. I'm excited about uh, Zach Wilson a little more than I probably should be. I, I think he's an interesting watch. Moving on to my final overreaction from week one. The Bengals are going to win the division, dude. 
You disparaged Jamar. I know we've already covered this, but we're going to win the division. Who do you put? Who do you put your number one cornerback on? Like it, it kind of doesn't matter. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. can throw on anyone, hopefully. And Joe Mixon looked great out there. Yeah, Joe Mixon got what, like thirty carries or some shit like yeah, that. I think like thirty-three. Absolutely bonkers. So. As long as he can stay healthy, he should just be a bell cow. And yeah, I think I think Cincinnati finally has some sort of recipe together. Took them two or three years, but you know they're there, and it's good. I mean, I like to see some uh, entertaining football. It wasn't really fun when the Browns played the Bengals and just stomped them the past couple of years. And then, similar to your previous point, I mean, other than Kansas City and Tampa, a lot of underdogs won uh, in Week One. Especially your Bengals over uh, over the Vikings, but it makes me think: Is it possibly time for switching of the guards, especially in the NFC North, AFC North, and AFC East? Like in the NFC North, I mean, if Green Bay keeps getting absolutely trounced in every game, obviously they're not going to be the contender anymore. And I don't think any of them won last week, so really, it's anyone's game at that point. And similar to what you said, like the AFC North. Baltimore lost to the Raiders like that is almost unheard of like could we potentially see two Ohio teams atop the NFC or the AFC North that'd be great I'd love to see love to see the Bengals and Browns competitive again and leading the division it'd be nice yeah even even the Steelers you know they Ben looked much better than he did last year and don't get me wrong he's old and probably pretty worn out but he was making some throws that I, I just don't think he was physically capable of last year. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think we have a pretty pretty tight division. Uh, I think Bengals are probably underdogs still with everything that, that's there, how young they are. But, you know, I, I think the games can be interesting, and I'm excited to watch. Yeah, I think they gave the Bengals, like, seven wins this year. I don't know. I think you guys are going to be a little closer to 500 than that. Here's fucking hoping. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. Wolfie, you have any words of wisdom for the way out? Yeah. Kind of goes off of our main bit for this week. Just week one overreactions. Uh, Don't be don't be steered by just one week of action like gotta wait at least two or three weeks before you really start making some big moves and stuff like that because you know some games were wonky teams didn't play that well matchups were unfortunate this week so just you know sit it out the world isn't on fire yet if you lost like just be patient with it or trade me your best players that didn't perform that's actually i didn't mention it before um, but I, I got a trade offer for Zeke from someone who will remain nameless, but someone who is looking to buy Zeke on the low after a disappointing week one. Yeah, you know what? I should just put Ayuk on the trade block. Zero points, absolute garbage. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll send you something.